Let us find grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. And we need you all the time, Lord, whether we realize it or not. You are the missing ingredient in all of our discouragement, disappointment, everything that comes against us, Father. You are the missing ingredient. So we've come to add that ingredient. In fact, we've come to let that ingredient take over and run our lives. Consume us, Lord, with your mighty glory and your power. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. Well, I thought I would remind you today, even though it is the last uh, week or last Sunday of the year, to not close the door on your faith. Amen. Amen. Don't close the door on your faith. I know many people always find, you know, these little, um, I guess, habits or customs, traditions that we have <clears throat> at the end of every year. Nobody's thankful for that year. Now y'all, y'all act like y'all playing with somebody who just started this. This ain't my first rodeo. Ain't my time, first time around the barn. Amen. But people always have negative things to say about the year that just finished. Amen. I mean, it's traditional. I'm glad that year's over. This year's gotta be better than that. Well, you still alive. You talking. You can see, you can hear, you can eat. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. I know y'all can eat because you just finished Christmas. I saw them little plates y'all was floating on Facebook. Y'all even be putting cosmetics on your food. Huh? Getting your your uh, dinner ready, get your turkey ready for a photo op. So you go into in the uh, makeup kit and find some dark brown makeup and put it on that turkey. Amen. I know the whole drill. I didn't see them things the way they photograph food, so you can't fool me. So I know y'all have food to eat at the closing of the year. Clothing in your right mind, maybe. Uh huh. But anywho, so so let's let's be encouraged about the year that just finished. Amen. Amen. You can be thankful for anything, you know, you can't, you don't have to be thankful for barely making it through. You can be thankful for finishing on top. Amen. Amen. A lot of people don't have jobs. They don't have uh, a way to be made, but you have a way. Amen. All the time. When you don't see a job, you have a way. Amen. Amen. Whether you've been naughty or nice, you have a way. Amen. Play with me today. I don't feel like being played with today. So, amen. So, anyway. But God is good. And his mercy endures forever. It's because of his mercy that we've had a good year. Amen. That we finished a year alive, intact, nothing missing, nothing broken. So, it's been a good year. Amen. All in all, it's been a good year. Amen. <clears throat> That reminds me of a Sinatra. Well, I won't go there. Amen. You know, there's a song, it was a very good year. Amen. I don't, don't be sitting there, some of y'all acting like, I remember that, but I ain't saying that. That gonna make, that gonna make me look too old. I don't care. I don't care. 
Amen. <laughs> but this was a sinner song, and the person looked back on their life, and they looked at every year as a very good year. Amen. And that's that's a good report to have over your life. That, And we can say that as believers. We don't have to join the negative world. We can say that we had a very, when I was 17, it was a very good year. Y'all know that song. Don't be messing with me. Amen. So, you know, you can say that about our years with Christ. Amen. And the rest he's making up for. He's making it work out for your good. Amen. So he working on it. So let him work on it. Amen. Some of y'all's years need more work than others. We ain't, gonna, we ain't pointing no fingers. We ain't throwing no shade. If you feel it, I didn't throw it. All right. All right. So anywho. <laughs> anywho. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So, so we're going to talk about that. How not to close the door on your faith. Amen. Close the door on a lot of things that aren't helpful to your life, but don't close the door on your faith. Amen. In Romans 4, we'll find most of the text and in some other areas I'll talk about that we need. But of course, we're going to talk about Abraham's faith because that is the faith that God, that's our inheritance. That's the faith that we inherit from God's kingdom and the faith that we use to secure our lives. So it's a wonderful thing to have a roadmap to the life of faith, which we have in the Bible, which starts with our father Abraham. He is the father of the circumcision and the uncircumcision. And so we are all consumed in this faith of Abraham. It's it's good enough for him is good enough for all of his descendants, both natural and spiritual descendants. So we're all summed up underneath the banner of unbelief in the natural, but faith in God. And so the faith of Abraham is faith in God. Amen. So, so really, when you think about it, the Abraham brand of faith secured eternal redemption for us. Amen. Faith is your door to the supernatural of God. Amen. Faith is your door to the supernatural of God. So if you want your life to work right, you must put your faith in God. Amen. You must have your faith in God. In Galatians chapter 4, I'm going to swing over there very quickly and then back again. Praise the Lord. Verse 4, it says, when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So if we are sons of Abraham and heirs of Abraham, we must have the adoption that comes by the law. Amen. In verse 21, it says, tell me, you that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it was written that Abraham had two sons, one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, because he of the bondwoman, but he of the free woman was by promise. 
which things are an allegory of the, these are the two covenants. The one from Mount Sinai, that's the old covenant, which engenders bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia that answers to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem, which is free, is above and is the mother of us all. For it is written, rejoice, you you barren and those that bear not. Break forth and cry, you that travaileth not, for the desolate has many more children than that which has a husband. Now we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. Amen. But as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him (laughs) that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Amen. Amen. And so uh, the bondwoman was cast out and disinherited. That's really what that meant. And when God told Sarah to uh, do as she wished as far as Hagar was concerned, because she was still under uh, Sarah's authority, uh, she cast her out and with the disinherited son. But God still took care of them. But they were not of the promise. Amen. So the promise is always superior to that which comes by the natural. Amen. Promise is superior to that which comes by the natural. The natural is temporal and of the temporal realm, which means it's temporary. You want what's permanent. Amen. You don't want one day to look up and somebody takes your house from you. Somebody takes your car from you, takes your stuff from you. As long as God gave it to you, it's yours to have. Amen. Because the minute you you come under covenant with God, your possessions are are redeemed. It's kind of interesting the the uh, means by which we receive things are forgiven many times. But if if that weren't true, you could never get freedom from children who are born out of wedlock. You could never get redemption. Like, for instance, if, if there are some things that you possess in your home that you got illegally. Amen. If you can believe God for total redemption, they are redeemed now as your property. Look at David and his one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. All of his wives. When those possessions were stolen at Ziklag. He was mourning because he didn't get a clearance and an assurance from God that he would recover everything. But after he petitioned God, God says, surely you'll recover. I have a covenant with you. Surely means I have a covenant with you. Amen. And his covenant is stronger than the devil's claim to your life or anything you have. So quit feeling bad for things you did in ignorance or in rebellion. Just repent and get forgiveness. And get redemption for the things that you, you think are, are somewhat, uh, you know, on the, sh- on the fence as far as God is concerned. Yeah, you, you shouldn't have done it. And yeah, you should have known better, but it's done. Amen. And so God can redeem that which we received, not according to his law. Amen. He does it all the time. And so God wants us to know that all is forgiven. Amen. And you are redeemed totally from the curse of the law. Amen. 
And, and we all know it's better to, to, to do things legally. We all know that. But we didn't do it. Amen. And, and God says we are forgiven and that which we possess is redeemed. Amen. Redeemed from the curse. So we don't have to be concerned about our possessions, losing anything, uh, not seeing uh, things to completion that we are, are believing God to, to help us with. All of that stuff comes to us because of our faith in God. So uh, the Abraham brand of faith, it says <clears throat> we have this brand, which is simply faith in God. When we put our faith in him, His faith now takes over. So the life that you live in the flesh, you are living out of the supernatural faith of the Son of God. God, that's why we can believe for miracles. That's how we can walk in divine health and believe in healing. Amen. So we exchange our faith for his faith. That's what Abraham did. When he put his faith in God, he started to see miraculous things happen. He started to see God begin to open up his knowledge and his understanding about spiritual things. Everything came to him in a perfect form instead of in a form that had problems with it. So when we deal with the natural, we deal in the realm of problems. Amen. We deal in the realm of maybes, uncertainties, insecurities. All of that comes with natural ability and natural faith. So we make an exchange when we put our faith in God. There are times where we will walk away from that faith. We forget. You know, we start looking at the natural. We get distracted and, and new things pop up. You know, the devil is always planting new things in our lives to put us in doubt about what God's doing, put us in doubt about God's faithfulness, but God is still faithful. There's no doubt that he is still faithful. So whenever we we put our faith in God and stay focused on what he's said and what he wants to do, then his covenant comes to life in our hearts and in our in our lives. God's faith is unlimited in its ability to do good. So there's a there's never a limit or a maximum good that God does with us. He never says, well, I, I'm I'm giving them too much. I don't want to give them too much and spoil them. <laughs> you know, uh, you have to apply faith for everything that you receive from God. So it's not like it's ever too much. It's according to your faith. It comes to you. Amen. So when we release our faith to him, he definitely takes over. Amen. When Abraham first began to believe God, let me see where I want to start with this. Um, let me see. Uh, Romans 4, let's start with verse 10. It says, how was it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. So when David said, blessed is a man that God will not impute sin to him. And this blessedness comes to him by faith. For he says that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. So all over God's dealings with Abraham, it says Abraham believed God and it was imputed to him as righteousness. He didn't earn righteousness by believing God. God took his faith in him and exchanged it for his righteousness. So it was imputed. 
It wasn't granted because. It was an exchange. So Abraham left his, his, his natural faith alone and put his faith in God. Amen. And so for that, God imparted righteousness, his righteousness to Abraham, which meant that whatever Abraham did couldn't fail anymore. Wherever Abraham believed God, that faith could not fail him any longer. It's the same with us. We're heirs with Abraham of the God kind of faith. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you receive the faith of the Son of God, which is, is the, the final dispensation or release of the Abraham brand of faith. It's now imputed to the uncircumcision by faith. We're one family, not two families anymore. We're one family with God. Because the old covenant's been done away with. So you come to faith in God now, not based on works and obeying this and that and the other, but you come to him by total confidence in the finished work at Calvary. Because Jesus has paid for sins past, present, and future. It's a total wash as far as you're, you're having to be obey in order to get something from God. Believe God. Amen. And then whatever obedience we do flows out of our faith in him, not in trying to do something to get him to do something for us. It may seem like a fine difference, but it makes all the difference in the world as far as your inheritance is concerned. It's a big difference when you think about it. So we put our faith in Abraham and he says, How was it reckoned then, verse 10, when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but in uncircumcision. For he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had yet being uncircumcised. So he had faith in God before he ever cut the quote-unquote covenant of circumcision. Circumcision came later as a sign of his faith in God, which the faith came first. See, circumcision is is similar to our water baptism. If it's done right. Your water baptism is merely an outward sign of your inner faith in God. It's supposed to be. Now, we know we can get anybody wet in a tub of water. Amen. But it's supposed to be simply to fulfill all righteousness. It's a tradition and it's always been a sign of your faith in, in the change that God is making in you. It, it signifies that you have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. Amen. So it's an outward sign of a spiritual truth and a spiritual reality. And so the circumcision was the Old Testament way of showing. Amen. That you were a, a, a child of God, but it was a reflection of an inward, amen, belief, an inward trust. And it's still the same way. Anything we do as an outward sign is a sign of an inward trust. So baptism, it, baptism in itself does not save you. Amen. It doesn't. Your faith in God saves you. The baptism becomes a sign of what you really believe. And so the church accepts it. 
as a sign of that people are baptized into the body of Christ. Amen. That's what it signifies, that you've been washed into the body of Christ and your faith uh, counts as righteousness. So he says it was reckoned when he was yet uncircumcised. So it was added to his righteousness account before he even circumcised himself. And so that nullified circumcision for the New Testament Jew. And they had many controversies about this. You'll see Paul writing about it, trying to get it straightened out for them over and over again. Where Peter would, he would get with some of the Jews, would circum, you know, make everybody become circumcised. So they had to get that straightened out. Amen. And so it, it just like, you know, in our, our dispensation, I definitely agree with water baptism. It's a tradition of the church. But if you can't, you don't have a place to baptize people, are you going to stop them from getting saved? Of course not. When you meet people on the street and you, you pray with them to receive Christ, those people are baptized into the body of Christ. And so you try to make provisions for their water baptism. And, and sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. You know what I'm saying? But I always encourage people, if you have an opportunity to go dunk in the pool, go dunk in the pool. You know, amen. I know I've attempted several times to get some of the hotels we were staying at to let us baptize people. They look at me like I'm crazy. I'm really serious. And so, but it is a tradition of the church. Jesus even received it himself. Amen. But that doesn't nullify your salvation if you don't have the opportunity to do that. So, amen. So anyway, the Abraham brand of faith focuses on the kingdom at all times. Any other focus is a distraction. Amen. So we need to, you know, always stay focused on what's going on in God's kingdom. And his is a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy that is is governed by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So this righteousness, peace, and joy is Holy Spirit imparted. It's Holy Spirit generated. It's Holy Spirit managed so that you are entitled to receive the righteousness of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, plus the other fruit of the Spirit. That's your entitlement once you give God your faith. Amen. When you put your faith in him, then he begins to bless and honor that faith with a release of the fruit of the Spirit into your life. Amen. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22 tells us to attend to the word. Amen. So attention to God's word is key to your victory. So when we attend to the word, we take it into our hearts, our minds, and it begins to affect our bodies. It begins to heal our bodies. This is why faith is so important. What we hear must be mixed with faith so that the kingdom can be brought to manifest in our lives. Amen. So this is what you want. And Abraham had God's kingdom manifest in his life over and over and over again. So we see here back in in Romans 4, he received the sign of circumcision. It was a sign, a seal of the righteousness of faith, which he had yet while he was uncircumcised. That he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. 
and the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but also walk in the steps of, of the, that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be heir of the whole world was not just to Abraham and to his seed or natural seed through the law, but through the righteousness that is of faith. So the promise then gets handed down to us who believe, just like he believed. Amen. So what what this is saying is that faith is stronger than anything that comes after it. See, faith is stronger than law. Faith is stronger than church tradition. Faith is stronger than anything that's added, amen, as a sign or an outward show. So being yet uncircumcised, he had this faith. Verse 13, for the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So this inheritance that we have, does not come through circumcision. It comes through faith. Amen. And faith alone. Faith without any works at all, except your confession. Amen. And so it says here, for they which of, if they which are of the law are heirs, then your faith is made void. And then the promise of none effect. Because the promise is always made by faith. It's never made through works. The promise says, have faith in God. Amen. And when you put your faith in God, that is not a work. It's strictly faith. Faith alone. Amen. Only believe. Only believe. Amen. You don't have to add anything to it. There's nothing added on our part to our faith in order to get God to work. Amen. You just believe God. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to conjure up. Now, there are some works that accompany your faith. But those works are called into existence by the Holy Ghost. You can't make up a work to impress God to show him that you believe him. Amen. The works that we do as an expression of our faith are the ones that God commands us to do once we believe. Amen. You gotta believe first, or you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, frustrate yourself. You're gonna tire yourself out trying to impress God with how good you can be. So He can do something for you. Amen? But when you've been bad, you gotta confess that. And ask His forgiveness. Amen? Set things right. That's righteousness. See, righteous people wanna stay on the right side of the law. Amen. We're not trespassers and thieves and burglars anymore, but we are righteous people and we seek God in order to find out what works of righteousness need to be added to our faith. Amen. So there are certain things that you do when you believe God. There are certain things that you do that are, are the, they're impressed upon you by the Holy Spirit. And so we need to do those things. Amen. We need to do those things. So he says, <clears throat> it says for the verse 13, for the promise that he should be heir of the world was not made to Abraham to his natural seed in order the Jewish nation, but through the righteousness of faith, that is anybody who would believe 
For if they which are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise of none effect. Because the law works wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seeds. So if you believe God and, and God makes a promise based on faith alone, then everybody can have it. If it's by works, then only the hard workers can get it. How many hard workers do I have in here? Now tell the truth. They ain't not a one in here. Put your hand down. <laughs> ain't nobody in here willing to work hard. Are you kidding me? Brother Hagen tells a story about the lady that he prayed for and she had a tumor on her face. And uh, God instructed him to tell the woman, he said, uh, if I tell you to do something, there's something God wants you to do. Um, he said, if I tell you to do it, would you do it? Yeah, if it's easy. And he said, everybody says that. So nobody wants to really, work. listen, once you've received the grace of God, are you kidding me? Your mind just already says I can do it. And it's not going to be hard, too hard for me to do. You understand what I'm saying? But see, she'd never received a miracle before. So she thought, oh man, if I got to do something to help this, this tumor to shrink or be gone, it's got to be hard. Wrong. Be the easiest thing you ever had to do in your life. I'm going to say it again. Because see, we got some hard, hard work mentality still in us as believers. The hardest thing was getting you over the hump into the kingdom. Amen. That was a heavy lift for most of us. So now Jesus said, learn about me. We ain't learning too good because if we still think it's too hard. And I'm guilty. We always think it's going to be something that's going to stretch us out. The hardest thing in the world. Amen. All of, all we, most of our effort has to be in letting stuff go. Amen. Turning our backs on certain things. Amen. It's just allowing God now to step in and make the change for us. Amen. It, it that's, the hardest thing is making the decision to accept that it's not too hard to do. If God commands us to do something, it couldn't be impossible. I mean, look at where we come from. He know we want to cheat. We don't want to do the whole thing. We looking for an easy way out. How can I cheat on this exam? You know what I'm saying? So he, he, he makes us honest from the beginning. He said it's an easy burden and a light yoke. Okay. So look for the easy and the light. And that's where I am. Cause I know if I give y'all something hard, you ain't going to do it. It's going to scare you half to death. It's the truth. He said he took Israel 
you know, uh, the, the promised land was only like what, 30 miles or a one day journey or something like that. If you took him through the warfare route, just fighting your way through is a short route. You need to understand that when you think all, Oh, the devil's attacking me and I can't do this. That's the short route. Just kill him and get it over with and move on through. But he said, I took you the long way because I knew that when y'all saw war, you was going to fall out. And they did. God waited a nice little bit of time, got them accustomed to where they were, let them see miracles. When they got hungry, gave them food right away. When they got this, he gave that right away. When they got sick, he healed them, even though they, they made themselves sick with a com- confession. Just a thought. Uh, we're forgiven. Amen. He lays no sin to our charge. But he said, I took y'all the easy way so you wouldn't get scared to death with, for something that's too hard. And Jesus says the same thing. He says, look for the easy burden and the light yoke and you'll find me. If it seems too hard, it's not him. You making that up yourself. You back in your crazy mind again. Somehow you'd have found your way back over there in no man's land. Huh? By yourself, feeling like you're the only one. And it's so hard. Huh? And Jesus said, just hook up with me. You know, let me pull you through. Let me guide you through. Let me lead you through. Amen. So he says in verse 16, therefore it is of faith that it might be by not works. God will not have you work your way into anything that he has to offer. He's not going to honor it. It's going to have to be by grace through faith. He says for this reason that the promise might be sure to all the seed. So everybody can get in on this because it's by faith. Because we've all been given a measure of it. All you have to do is make a decision to believe God. Faith is more of a decision than it is an effort. Amen. It's a decision to be, believe God and do things God's way. Amen. And so and not believe that it's too hard to do or it takes forever to get something from God. Those are all the lies the devil tells us. Amen. Most things we get, we get on time. When you go to apply for a job, you know, God tells you, well, this is your job. And just keep standing and I'll bring this job to you. Amen. And you apply and you expect that you're going to get when they say, I'll call you. I'll let you know in X number of days. And you put your faith in that. You expect it. So we expect most of things on time when it deals with natural people. But when it comes to God, oh, Lord, it's going to take so long. Oh, I got to oh, It's going to take forever. Huh? We just go on and on and on. And you could have had it by now with all this drama and carrying on and Oh, God, if God give it to me, ain't going to be right. He ain't going to never give me nothing real good. But 
what's in your mind is real good. I mean, that's legal. Because he's trying to take the thief out of all of us and, and put a righteous person in there to trust him. Amen. Whatever you get from God, it couldn't be worse than what you've been living with that you got yourself. Are you kidding me? You know, we buy stuff and, and go charge it, save up for it and go, I gotta have it, I gotta, 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 gotta. And then when we get it, it's like, well, you know, it don't have like what I want. Well, it wasn't exactly, well, you should have trusted God for it and not gonna start all over again. Trade it in for something new. I ain't talking about your husband, your wife either. I caught y'all. Don't go there with me. Am I right, Poppy? Yeah, that's why I can't trade. That's a model you cannot trade in. Amen. <laughs> You'd have made the decision already. I don't care if you didn't do number jump or broom. That that was a promise right there. You jumped from single to married. Amen. <laughs> But but your job in, in God is holding on to what's given to you. Amen. Holding on to your faith until what you're believing for, for totally manifests. God gave us faith to keep us going, not to cause us to quit. So there's no quit in God's faith. Amen. And that's what, what um, the Abraham found out. Amen. That once that door of faith opened to him, he closed it a couple of times, but it opened back up again. That door of faith will open over and over and over again. See, faith, when you, when you exercise your faith in God, the things that you have called into your life by faith are held in the realm of the spirit for you. And just because you walk off and start following the bunny trail down unbelief or doubt, or fear, or whatever it is that gets you off course from it. You know, when you shut that door, to and those promises are still locked up in there. Where you think they went? They're still locked up in there. Locked up in there, why? So you can open the door again. God knows as soon as you follow, follow that bunny trail that leads to nowhere, amen, you'll come begging back and ask God, you know, I was wrong. I was thinking it was this, that, and the other. And it wasn't. Amen. So he allows you to, oh, I got all my stuff is still in there. You mean I can still have so-and-so and so? Yes, all in there. It's looking a little moldy. You're going to have to dust it off and refresh it. But it's still packed up in there. Amen. <laughs> So, so attention really is the key to blessing. You know, it really is. And, and we'll see that with Abraham. And it says here in verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations before him who, whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. So God speaks of things that are not material as though they are material. 
See, God's looking at one type of material and we're looking at the other type. So he wants to give us a glimpse of his material realm so we can start focusing on that and forget our material vision or what we think is is uh in the realm that we look in, which is the natural realm all the time. So there are some things in the natural realm that we cannot focus on if we're going to receive what God has for us. Because his stuff for us is not in the material realm. Amen. It just isn't. That's why he says you shall not covet. Don't be jealous of what your neighbor has. Amen. Because you haven't seen the end result of their possessions. See, you don't see the bills. You don't see what goes on behind closed doors. Amen. You don't have to get the phone calls from the bank and the bounce checks. So don't covet. Focus on the unseen realm, which is where your stuff is that God has for you. Amen. He says you haven't seen it heard about it and hasn't even been conceived in your heart the things that he has for you in other words it'll blow your mind what he has for you because it will far exceed anything you can ask or think so your neighbor's stuff is what you can see ask and think god has something far above that for you that you haven't even conceived of yet amen and so I would rather focus on the invisible any day than to covet what you see that's visible. Well, unless it's, well, no, I won't go there. We won't go there today. (laughs) But you know what I mean, amen? God has much more for us than we can ask or think. So, and he calls those things that the Bible says that be not, but I would like to say be not visible. As though they are visible because they're visible to him. Because he can't lie. See, when he has stuff for you that's invisible to you, it's got to be visible to him or he'd be lying to say he has it for you already. Come on, y'all. We're talking about two different realms of existence. Things that that we receive by faith, how could you receive it if it's not there? Your faith is being used to manufacture it for you. Faith is spiritual material. It's substance and it's evidence. So that makes it real. It is making something that is already there. In the reality of God. Once God conceives of something, you, it's a done deal. He doesn't, He doesn't speak of anything, talk of anything as though it didn't, is, uh, as, as in a, in a, a wish form. God is not wishing. He's speaking of things that are actually there. God conceives of things himself 
and then he expresses what he sees inside of himself by his word. It's real. It's real before it even becomes visible to you. That's why you're holding on to something real by your faith. Because if it's not real, how come you can't get rid of it? When you start believing for something, your faith is hooked up to something that's in the realm of glory, that's set aside for you, that's real. Because you feel it as evidence, you get an assurance on the inside, you have a peace in God. And it's not like he's just an, oh man, they asking for stuff down there. Let me get to making some stuff real. It ain't about that. It already exists in God. He can blink it would, and it'll be in your garage. You don't have to go to a manufacturer to get your car. You kidding me? He goes that route because it makes it easier for us. If you said, God, give me whatever kind of a car you want me to have, he has to go through a natural manufacturer in order to get you to accept it. Because a supernatural car would mess your head up so bad they have to lock you up somewhere. Huh? You know, the people that make them back to the future, and they're always trying to make these cars look like they're created out of some you know, extreme, you know, that's them trying to imitate God. Got me? It, but it always relates to what they get the last time, a DeLorean or something like that. They always had to come back to a natural manufacturer in order to get it to be real to us. God wants to satisfy our natural craving for certain things. He's tried supernatural food and they didn't like it. So he don't mess with our heads no more like that. But he gave uh, Israel manna from heaven. It was fresh every morning, wasn't it? And they called it manna, which said, what is that? It messed up some heads. And what did they do? We don't want that no more. We don't trust that falling out of heaven like that. So he's tried his people on heaven sent stuff. So he said, well, let me work in your realm. Huh? You want something from a, a manufacturer? I'll send you something. He does it to accommodate us. Like I said, if he gave us some we beyond what we really ask or think. See, for us, that's like heated seats in a, a remote starter. Both of them at the same time, and it came standard with the car. So he wants to take us beyond heated seats in a remote starter. Well, you know, now we can get a heated steering wheel. Amen. I'm sitting up there driving, sweating, and didn't even know I hit that crazy button. I said, what is this going on? God, you give me a car with hot flashes. What's that about? Huh? 
So it's hard to take us beyond, you know what I'm saying, the safe zone. Amen. Uh, many times he's had to take his people beyond that out of, there out of necessity. But for the most part, he says, ask what you will. Even though I want to do a whole lot more, but I'm going to stop with what you want. And then if you can express Ephesians 3.20 to me, then I'll go and do exceeding and abundantly, but not to the point where it busts your head open. Cause you to rub sores on your scalp, scratching it, trying to figure out what this is and how it got here. Amen. Amen. Just true. So faith is the substance of something you hope for. What you hope for actually exists in the realm of the spirit. Your healing is the same way. Your career is the same way. It's something that actually exists in the realm of the spirit. Amen. And so God has to provide a substance to anchor us so we can continue to hope for what it is that we believe in. So he gives us faith as a substance to to define our hopes. Amen. To bring active and alive that which we hope for. If you hope for something and don't add faith to it, it's just a wish. It's not a promise then. Amen. So a promise is of something that is actually active and alive right then and right there. Amen. So God had Isaac already inside of Abraham and Sarah. Now listen, I ain't going to go down to biology class. Y'all know the birds and the bees story. Don't, Don't play me like that. Just say amen, somebody, and I'll move on. Because I ain't going to stop there and go that far. My goodness. But they were already inside. He put seed in everybody that reproduces after its own kind. That way, when them babies come out, you know who the daddy is. So he made me go there anyway. Uh, well, he kind of looked like, well, no, he don't. Well, yeah, he doesn't. Oh, Some of them you got to go over and visit the family and find that. Ain't I right, Poppy? Yeah, see who Granny was. They look just like Granny. I know that's his dad. He the daddy. Look just like the grandma. Just saying, okay. That's without a DNA test, you can tell these things. So seed reproducing after his own kind means going to look like somebody in the bloodline. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we have to mix what we desire with faith and put that faith in God and seal it up in there and trust him with it. Amen. That while we are our Going about our normal routine every day, God's working on it. Amen. He's making and he's completing what it is that we desire. Amen. And he's making it out of our faith. Amen. Amen. But it, it is a reality. It's there for real. Our, our faith, it wouldn't register with our faith if it weren't real already. Amen. 
So God conceives things. They are actually birthed in his imagination. So when he tells you, he gives you a promise and tells you, you can have so-and-so and such-and-such, he has birthed it already. So it actually exists. So then you connect your faith with it, and, and it becomes, a, it gets attached to your account, to your life. It's stored up for you until the time of the release by God. Amen? And he says, God quickens the dead and calls those things that be not visible as though they were visible, so they become real to us. And it says, who against hope believed in hope. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So you have to, it is, when it says against hope, believed in hope. So there's two hopes. See, you have to stand against natural hope and believe in supernatural hope. So there's always two hopes out here. If you get symptoms, there's a natural hope. I hope the doctors have something to help me. And then there's a supernatural hope. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. And you begin to stand on the word. So you got to deny the one. Amen. At least deny it preeminence. Don't put all your faith in that. You know, you, you have enough faith to believe that it'll work temporarily. But you want the real thing that God has for you. The everlasting thing. So you can always trade one up, trade up from one for, for the other one. Amen. See, now nah, I'm doing this temporarily, but my confidence is not in this. Is in it enough for it to work for me and to, to make the symptoms less so I can survive until my faith really manifests the total of it? Amen. Till symptoms all disappear. Amen. So look for them to start leaving. Just look for them to start leaving. Look for things to start getting better. Look for things. That's expectation. It's expectation of good. Amen. So your hope can produce these things when it's connected to the faith of the Son of God. So he says, who against hope believed in a higher hope is the way I like to say it. Who against natural hope believed in supernatural hope. That he might be the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. So you either believe in what's spoken or what's seen and what's felt and what's heard and what's known. If you believe in what's spoken, that's the faith of the Son of God. Amen. You take God at his word. And that's what Abraham did. He says, and being not weak in faith. Ow. See, when you believe against hope, that's strong faith. Strong faith believes against hope. If the doctors tell you your situation is hopeless and you dig in God's word and get a higher hope, you have to negate the hope that they gave. You have to put that down. Say, nope, that hope does not apply to me. I have a higher hope to believe in. Amen. I have a hope that it's restored. I have a hope in the power of the blood. I have a hope in redemption. I have a hope in restoration. That's where my hope is. It's not in the natural anymore. Amen. And he says, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, 
now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, which was dead from the beginning. So he had to believe in two resurrections or a God who would resurrect both of them. Amen. He staggered not at the promise of God. Now, see, we would think that's too much. Man, come on now. Come on, man. And and like Abraham to have to believe in both of them. God, why'd you wait? So he could be the father of it all. So God could be the author and the completer of Abraham's faith. So that we can have an opportunity to believe God for supernatural impossible things. That's why he did it. But it wasn't too much for Abraham. Abraham was able to do it. Amen. And it's not too much for us. We're able to do it too. All we have to do is quit whining and quit begging for God to make it easy. Because it is easy. Amen. It's as easy as putting your faith in him. Amen. So who against hope believed in hope. So against natural hope believed in supernatural hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall your seed be. So this is not something that Abraham made up for himself. Very important. It's something that was handed to him to believe in by God. It was granted by God for him to put his faith in. See, many times we're making up stuff and trying to add God's faith to it. Amen. You've got to believe according to his word. Amen. And just quit messing with it and leave it alone. Don't make it too hard for yourself to put your confidence in. And it says, so shall your seed be. God told him. He says, uh, no, verse 17, I am, I have made you the father of many nations before him who he believed, even God who quickens the dead and calls those things that be not as though they were. He called us righteous while we were yet sinners. And eventually we walked into that righteousness when we renounced the love of the world and adopted faith in Christ. Amen. So we were called righteous before we even accepted it. It was just a matter of time before we accepted it and walked into it in the fullness. It's the same thing with everything else we believe God. We can call ourselves prosperous before we walk into it. We can call ourselves healed before we walk into it. Amen. Because it is true as far as the promises of God is, as far as God's kingdom is concerned. All we're doing is calling the kingdom down here on earth as it is in heaven. It's already perfect in heaven. So we begin to call those things that be not as though they were. I am healed. I am a father. I am a mother. I am saved. I am on my way to heaven. Heaven is down here in my heart already. You have a heavenly deposit already down here in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And he says, against hope, you have to stand against natural hope to believe in the hope that God has for us. Amen? So you stand against whatever is against you in the natural. Whatever seems to be for you in the natural, you stand against it. No, I'm looking for God to manifest 
You know, I, I don't want just what's natural. I want what God has for me to manifest. And he says that he might be the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. So when you put faith in God, it has to be something that's spoken to you. It has to be something that you put your faith in because you see it in his word. Amen. It can't be some old wives tale or some nonsense that somebody told you. It has to be something that God speaks to your heart. How does he speak to your heart? You read it in the Bible. Amen. You go looking for God yourself in his word. That's what Abraham did. And so being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a 100 years old. How do you do that? How do you not consider what you have going for you? You got to consider something higher. See, you got to consider God's word. You can't leave your mind blank and think you're going to have the promises of God. They're not going to drop out of the ceiling on you. So meditation is what brings the reality. You meditate in his word day and night. And don't skip a day and don't skip a night. Amen. And and allow God the water of the word to wash out all your unbelief and all your doubting and all your fears. Amen. The word does all the work. Your meditation does all the work. And I don't, meditation is not to say the same thing as daydreaming. Cut that out. Daydreaming mostly is built on covetousness. You want something somebody else has. And you can't have it. God ain't no thief now. He he make you his own stuff for you. Huh? Amen. He says, who against hope, against natural hope, believed in supernatural hope or God's word. So you have to shut your mind down to what you see, what you might think, what you hear. What the devil tells you won't happen. What people tell you ain't for you. What everybody tells you is not going to work for you. You turn your mind down to all that. But you got to put something in there. You got to put God's word and meditating on his word and his promises. And when you do that, it's what's called strong faith. Amen. You, you have strong faith. He says, being not weak in faith, weak faith considers the natural. He considered not his own body, had nothing to do with him. Now dead, when was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So they were both incapable now of producing children. Amen? But they didn't think about it. They were strong in faith. Strong faith does not consider the natural at all. Does not pay attention to anything that the natural can produce or that the natural can inhibit. It just considers God's word. And so he says he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Amen. You know how you stagger? You stagger when you think about it through your carnal mind. If you just get it in your heart, 
and begin to let your heart cause you to meditate on it, it'll wash out all your unbelief. But your carnal mind will always cause you to stagger at the promises of God. Like, man, how's that going to happen? Well, I can't see that happening for me. Well, that'll never happen. I'll never be able to get off this medication. I'll never be able to uh, marry somebody who's a kind person or a Christian man. You know what I'm saying? Devil always sends unbelievers to believers. He does. Amen. So you're not supposed to consider that. Amen. You're not supposed to stagger at the fact that God will find a believer for you to marry. I don't care if you don't see none. Amen. And it's it's best to stay in the supernatural and in the invisible realm on your promises. You know, that's what I believe. Because if you look at something that's seen, it's covetousness. You're starting to want something somebody else has. And trust me, he probably is married. Somebody somewhere. They don't pick up on it, Miss Nola. I'm just trying. You know what I'm saying. I'm just working my little craft up here. I'm trying to get there, but you know. Amen. Or the minute you start to want him, he makes himself unavailable. Which the devil is banking on. So he can make you frustrated, angry, disappointed. He likes, he capitalizes in that kind of nonsense. So he staggered not at the promise through unbelief. But was strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Strong faith glorifies God. Strong faith is of God. Strong faith comes from God. Amen. And being fully persuaded. And fully means every day. You're sure about it. Not you're sure this day and you're doubtful the next because you saw something in the natural that put doubt in you. Amen. Fully persuaded means you're persuaded at 7 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Noon, dinner time, bedtime, all that kind of stuff. It's all day long persuaded. That's fully persuaded. Amen. There's no doubt left in you anymore about this thing. Amen. And, and so, and, and you'll find that your faith and stuff gets tested. Amen. You'll have things come up that looks like, oh, it's not going to happen for you. Time's over. Time's up. Amen. But but be fully persuaded means that it transcends time. That time has nothing to do with God's promises. Seriously, it, it has nothing to do with what he promises. Because he brings time with him wherever he comes. He'll extend time. He'll shorten time. He's in charge of time. And this is where many people falter is they let time get involved and let, let time start to dictate what God can do. God brings all the time with him that he needs for certain things. Amen. So they were strong in faith, giving glory to God. It means that they did not consider. Huh? He did not consider his own body now dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. Didn't think about it. All he thought about was God's going to do this. I know he's going to do it. God is faithful. He promised. See, that's something we need to rehearse in our own ears. 
the fact that God promised and he's faithful and he'll do it. Amen. Even if you're just halfway believing it most of the time. Confess it, rehearse it in your own ears until you begin to believe it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He says, and he was fully persuaded. Not on Monday believing it on, on Friday. It's at the end of the week and I don't believe God no more. I'm going to go out and do my own thing. Amen. He was fully persuaded. So that's what it takes for God to begin to move things into our life is a full persuasion. If you're not fully persuaded, you might try and get it another way. Amen. Which, which you don't want because adding your own carnal stuff into what God promises you will not satisfy. You'll still be longing for something on the inside of you that because you'll your spirit will know something's missing you know it will and and so it'll always report back to you that this isn't really what your heart was longing for amen so don't accept a substitute amen because that substitute is something you put in there yes that's ishmael is a substitute amen you don't want that because it's not going to satisfy you. See, a lot of times people come to their senses about God's word after Ishmael's born. Now, Ishmael cute and all that, and he's nice, nice to play with, but he's a little rough. Because God's stamp of approval isn't on him. Doesn't mean that God won't redeem. But see, in the heart of the person that birthed Ishmael is still a longing. I don't care about it. I, I'm just going to read. My, I'm going to read my Bible to myself. Shut everything down. I'm just going to. I'm going to have a quiet time. No, I'm messing with you. You got me? Amen. Other than that, God would have to honor everything that we conceive of. There would be no difference between his promises and our activities. I I had a, a teacher once, and she said something. I thought about it, and uh, I it puzzled me for a bit. And uh, you know, I just began to ask God about it. She had been married maybe like four or five times or something. She had, you know, just kind of wild and starting over and over and over. And then she got saved and got divorced after she was saved. And, you know, just, and she said, sometimes when I look at my children, they remind me of my mistakes. And I said, God, how could that be? They're redeemed from the, you know, quote God, all these scriptures. And the Lord said, he said, yes, all that is true. He said, but to get that in the hearts of the people who make the mistakes is a big challenge. You got me? He said, and everybody's a work in progress. Amen. So people may even go to the grave with certain misgivings. I have them about my life, don't you? Wish you hadn't made these mistakes. Wish you hadn't, you know. That doesn't affect the life of the child because they're innocent. See what I'm saying? God can bring them up to be 
wonderful, loving, and, and awesome people. So there's no, no charge to them, but to the person that made the mistakes sometimes. And you gotta work, gotta let God work with you with the big Holy Ghost eraser to get some things right. Amen. It's true. It's very true. And so, you know, having a life devoted to God is the best remedy for all of our misgivings. Amen. It's just true. So, so, and he goes on from where we can, we can begin to trust him. Amen. So he says, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Now you can stagger because of the glory once you believe it. Promises can make you stagger. You can say, God, I just really don't deserve all of this. I, you know, this is wonderful what you're doing, you know, but through unbelief, he's saying. So there's a staggering both ways. He says, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. So when you, when you start to believe God, you have to go beyond just being excited about the fact that God promised you something. Now you got to let your faith work to persuade you fully that God's, God's able to perform it. Not you wait till God turns his back and you go get it yourself. Ishmael. Huh? You won't be pleased with that and God knows it. He wants to please you with the things that he has laid up for us. Amen. He says, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. So when you be, when you are fully persuaded that what God's promised, he's able also to perform, then he imputes his righteousness to you and locks it up in you. And that righteousness will draw to your life the thing that God has promised you. You don't have to work so hard anymore. Just get stay in his word and get fully persuaded. Not part way persuaded. Ishmael is partial persuasion. Huh? Abraham might have been sure, but Sarah had doubts. She was the first one to voice her doubt. It was there all along. Come on, y'all. Huh? He says, now it, it, now it was not written for our sake alone, but it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Amen? Who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. So just believing in the death of Christ is not enough. You gotta believe in his resurrection. That way you're justified. Amen? That way you're justified. And so, God wants us to be people who are fully persuaded, amen, and not close the door on our faith. We can open it back up again once it's closed. Because Abraham, once he had Ishmael, he closed the door on his faith, didn't he? When God came back to him 12 years later and said, uh, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I think we got problem here. Cause Ishmael was cutting up, fighting everybody and, you know, just being mean to people. And it's like, hmm, 
God, you sure you sent this to me? And he was not the child of the promise. Amen. God's blessings come without sorrow. He has no sorrow to them. Huh? So Ishmael became a, a question here after a while. And, and God gets Abraham's attention again and tells him, mm, gee, Abe, you know what? <laughs> uh, you know, you believe me a little bit, but you didn't believe me all the way. Cause this ain't the one. I got a kid laid up for you that I want to be your heir. I have called that child to carry your name. And so the first thing out of Abraham's mouth was, please let Ishmael live. See, we don't want to have to exercise faith in God except for what we want. When God says, I'm giving you something out of promise, that locks you and God together as partners. See, anybody can go out and have a bunch of kids on their own, naturally speaking. But when you talk about the promise of God, then you're locked up with God as your partner in this. If you have a covenant with God, you God is your partner in everything that you do. So your marriage comes when he says to whom he says. Your children come when he says to whom he says. Amen. After you come into covenant with him. So Abraham, the Bible says he believed God, but he stepped out and did his own thing. He assumed because he and Sarah agreed that God was going to honor it. You hear what I said? Bonnie and Clyde. Abraham was begging for, not, I don't want to have to go through this again, God. I don't want to stretch my faith. I don't want to believe for the impossible. But you can and you will if you want God to be pleased with your life. You can believe for the impossible because you have the faith of the Son of God. Jesus, everything Jesus did was impossible, naturally speaking. And we have that faith. We waste more time arguing with God about it's going to take too long. Huh? That's the reason we don't want to apply our faith. We know what to do. Get up there and confess the word every day until it comes. Worship God every day until it comes. Thank God every day. What else you going to be doing? Devil worshiping? I don't think so. Amen. Y'all too scared of the devil to give him, pay him any kind of attention. Won't even, most Christians won't even bind him and cast him out. So I know y'all ain't going to go worship him. So you got nothing else to do with your faith but put it in God. Amen? All right, why don't we stop? Baba's done. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for our justification by faith. Lord, let us continue to live richly mightily royally by the faith of the son of god we can do it you make it so easy for us lord we have to consider not what we can do how we can do it quit making plots and plans to have the things we want but to just trust you and worship you and walk every day with you the way we're ordained to do and we can have what we say So, Lord, we thank you for the goodness of God because we don't understand your goodness toward us, but we can receive it 
because it's so easy to receive from you. So we thank you, we bless you, we praise you. Lord, I thank you for 2020. I thank you also, Father, for 2021. Thank you, Lord, for our future in you, which is always good because you are good. And so, Father, we release our faith for our health by our confession. Okay, repeat after me. I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Father, that by the stripes of your son, Jesus, I am healed. Amen, amen, and amen. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God.